Welcome to Wits in the Walks of Life, a part of the Synapse. I'm Inchara Atreya and I'm here today with Mr. Srinatha Narayana, who is a director and COO at Quadwave, a global services company that helps clients transform their businesses in the area of technology services, especially in Microsoft technology stack, including business process management domain. Mr. Srinath holds an engineering degree in computer science from SJCE Mysore and a master's degree in business analytics from Great Lakes Institute of Management. In his 29 years working in various capacities in the IT industry, he has spent 6 years in the US and 10 years in the UK. In his spare time, he enjoys indulging himself in Kannada poetry. Welcome to the Synapse, Mr. Srinath, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Inchara. Thanks very much, Lavlin. It's my pleasure to participate in this. Thanks. Okay, let's start off. To begin with, can you tell us a bit about your journey? How did you get where you are today? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Twenty-nine years, so it's a very, very long story. I will try and keep it as short and interesting as possible. We grew up in the times where computers weren't so, you know, everywhere in the mid '80s. Fortunately for me, when I was in the ninth grade, I was selected from my school to go and participate in a computer course given by, as the chance happens, fortuitously, my engineering college, SJCE in Mysore. It was in 1984, in October. Interestingly, the computer had a one-line monitor. You know, literally, it was like a digital clock, wider one. So you could enter one line of program, and that's what the computer was, and everything else was printed. And they taught me a computer language called BASIC, and that's where my interest in software and computer science got triggered. And I learned more and more, and as the days went by, my interest to become a software engineer became very firm of course i studied my computer science in the same college passed out in 1992 interestingly i joined a company called psi data systems for those times it was treated more like a research lab for software people there were very very serious about building very high quality high very high caliber software they did a lot of good software within india mother company of psi also happens to be the company that brought personal computers first to india it was called processor systems india so it was a very pride moment and then after a couple of years i was selected to go and work in the us there once i went to the us you know various positions i became a technical architect joined other bigger corporates i worked at sapient for about 9 to 10 years and then i worked at cognizant for about 4 years uh, in various positions being architect technical manager program manager head of client relationships and around 13 to 14 years back is when a bunch of us college time buddies got together and said we need to do something on our own and that's how we started quad wave in 2007 and it has been a fantastic journey i own and drive a department the engineering deliveries for multiple customers 
at uh, Quad Wave, and of course, I've, that what I own has changed in the last ten years, depending on the year. But currently, I own business development to actually farming the projects and delivering it, the entire sales cycle too. That's the journey in a very quick way, and of course, it has been fun. Wow, sounds like a really long and interesting journey. So tying back to that, from your first job all the way to a C-suite position, how did you manage to stay happy in every step? It <laughs> is a very tough question to answer. Uh, have I stayed happy? Always, there are always ups and downs as we go through various learnings and uh, jobs and career and everything, whatever all the good terms that come in our way but overall i think i can comfortably say i've been very happy i can review what's happened when i look back i think at some point fairly early on the understanding that we are in knowledge worker industry a term that peter drucker coined in 1959 as opposed to manufacturing industry that understanding came to be early on through some mechanism somebody had a session and i through the training sessions i learned and once i realized the difference between the generations that were probably 100 years back where a lot of the industry norms how people work had been defined to the workplace and the nature of the work of a knowledge worker that helped a lot basically a knowledge worker primarily working on information or one who develops and uses knowledge in the workplace and he or she drives what is the nature of the work how one is going to produce what is being asked and software comes under this bucket and once you understand that then you realize you are in control of what you are doing and it is all brain work mostly so and that's my strength so that has always been enjoyable that way because you are learning something new and using your brain all the time plus being conscious that in software industry you're spending anywhere from you know 9 to 12 hours at workplace during places like bangalore and other places where the journey time can be i mean even in london journey time can be 1 hour each way then you're realizing 14 hours a day you're doing this stuff so you better make sure you're happy otherwise what is the point of living right once you have that thought process it becomes so much more important to have enjoyment of what you do of course anything that has learning is very enjoyable process where you can continuously create reusable templates of whatever it is you know you're continuously as an engineer your job is to make your life in a way lazy i mean let's say in a fun way people say that and uh, what that means is if you are continuously inventing something that makes it easy the next time you do it you're inventing templates you're understanding knowledge patterns and reusing them then the job becomes easier and you can take up something else and that is what makes it enjoyable and that's what makes it happy of course the human aspect at workplace is around you know making friends with people understanding people for who they are 
and seeing things from their perspective, helping and asking for help, plus having fun with people, going out for a drink or lunch, whatever it is, doing some stuff together, playing ping pong, plus having a good sense of humor always helps. And fortunately, I seem to have a good sense of humor. So a combination of all of this has kept me sane and happy. Certainly. So you highlighted the importance of having friends. You must have met people with a wide variety of skills. So what, according to you, are some key skills to thrive in business management and administration? I probably will try and give as much generic answer from my experience. Starting from the most micro level basic skills of especially these days, computers, knowing basic things like Microsoft Office very well is a must. Uh, And that is required to do a good job of any business administration and management because you got to produce good spreadsheets, you got to produce good PowerPoint presentations, you got to when you write a document, people should be impressed only then they give you higher respect. I even remember an experience, an anecdote from a friend's life. He was working as a research engineer in Germany. It was a very big learning for me early on, hearing this anecdote from his life. He thought he knew Microsoft Word and he had produced a Word document and he took it to his manager in Germany And she looked at it and then said, do you know Microsoft Word? Or probably she asked, how well do you know Microsoft Word? And he said, I know it very well. And she actually asked him what a few of the menu options are and he couldn't answer. So she set up some time in the afternoon and literally went through each and every menu option and explained it to him and she was a very senior person in the organization and he was shocked to hear that she knew the details of Microsoft Office though being a very very senior officer and that taught me a big lesson so I have from those basic basic skills of being able to do fantastic spreadsheets to Word to PowerPoint then of course You got to be the boss of your industry, your knowledge in software. If you are in software, you need to know the life cycle. You need to, it doesn't matter which job you are doing in software. If you are in software, you got to know what software is, how it is built. What sort of software are you building? Who are you building this for? You know, what is the problem it is going to solve in the industry, in the business, how people view it, all of that. And then to a good extent, you got to know that tools specifically in the industry you are using to be able to converse with the hands-on engineers and to ask them a few questions that can tell you whether they are doing a good job, whether the project is in a good position, all of that. That kind of expertise in the industry. I see that some of the people lack it and then hence struggle when they do the job. But this is very critical to be successful in any job, in any industry, especially if you're going to be managing some people and then taking care of the administration of an organization. Thirdly, the 
human aspects anybody that is in a fairly senior position or somebody is going to manage people need to understand the types of intelligence that a human being has emotional mathematical naturalistic you know for for user experience those kind of where in software people produce screens that are very friendly or not so friendly uh, you know there's something called naturalistic intelligence or somebody who writes content for marketing material for sales material for a website for a blog somebody with a linguistic intelligence somebody who is a fantastic leader in his or her own team manages the team well they have interpersonal intelligence so the understanding of the types of intelligence the human aspect and understanding of how human bonding happens is extremely critical and to actually implement it at work and build a good bond with your team and be part of the team and also know when to lead and when to follow because a good leader is also a good follower so that is critical uh, human aspects people uh, is critical to be successful again these are not in the order of priority or importance they are all equally important fourthly basics of business you know knowing what is the business you are doing in very simple terms you know uh, what is the cost what is the money you are making you know what is the cost benefit analysis in simple terms first to be able to explain that to anybody and that helps in a big way to see if you know a new sales opportunity comes up is it going to be good or bad the judgment call will have to be made at the same time sometimes you will have to get to the nth level of detail with your team to make sure they don't miss the details because the devil is in the details and and to get anything right you got to be able to get into the details and make sure everything is squeaky clean under that same bucket it's a rule called pareto principle across the globe you're doing anything in the world people need to know what pareto principle is it's called 8020 rule so people will need to figure out the 20% of the stuff that actually drives 80% of the material so that is extremely important to have that judgment call so the lastly very important to set up processes that are independent of humans that make it foolproof where in a business you could have processes that day in and day out the routine stuff is taken care of without any glitch i think these are some of the aspects i talked about the detailed individual basic skills of be it computer language etc or to the understanding of individual understanding of the industry thirdly the human aspect fourthly the business aspect fifthly the processes aspect those i think are some key skills to thrive in any business yeah for sure certainly some very important skills highlighted there so you started off with computer skills so working in an it company results in higher amounts of screen time what do you do in order to cool off and take a break of course very important extremely important question especially from screen time of course there are multiple other reasons why you want to cool off and take a break but the screen time 
uh, for a senior, probably it's not so difficult to have a lot of meetings where I don't I always have to stare at a monitor so I can be on the phone and just walk around. Or even in some working sessions, I don't have to look at the screen but can contribute. So that helps to reduce some amount of uh, screen time. Otherwise, I mean, of course, currently it is the COVID time. So uh, not everybody is in a physical office space, but uh, whenever we were, I had these little uh, breaks, you know, basically get up and go get a glass of water. Uh, that helps to take a break, you know, coffee, tea breaks, instead of drinking alone, get up and go drink with somebody else. Also use that time, wherever you're tempted to have a quick work-related chat with a, a colleague, uh, instead of sending it over a messenger like Skype or whatever you know, you're using in the office. If you are in the same office space, go make it face to face five minutes. You know, you just have to have the discipline to stop at five minutes and come back. But that itself gives you a break. We used to do that. We used to walk to the cubicles, and I, even now I, I do that. I walk, especially if I get a chance to walk to the next floor. I do that, so that helps. And uh, also, people need to have some other either work-related or uh, not work-related necessarily to have a break. You know, one of the things I do is have a book. It could be technical book or even uh, uh, poetry or literature, something like that. And uh, have a timer, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, take a break, read a book. That helps. Or people who are athletic, we at workplace, we have table tennis, ping pong, carom, chess, and many other such things. So people do consciously take half an hour to an hour break in the afternoon, 3.34 ish. Uh, and then they play that. I think we should do that. Even if I, I'm not playing, I take half an hour break just to go be with the people. It not only helps bond with people, but also gets me away from the screen. On the personal side, of course, at home, we don't watch TV every day, literally don't watch regular TV at all in the last whatever three or four years. We only watch planned stuff. So that also reduces uh, the screen time in one way. We use that for family. We do some uh, board games or whatever other things we can do together, we do that. Of course, consciously, I need to reduce a bit of mobile time, uh, which I'm working on. But uh, I think even if I do that, that also helps to reduce the screen time. Yep, sounds great. So looking at that again, has your job had an impact on your mental health? And if so, how and what have you done to help with that? It's a very good but very difficult question to answer. Of course, jobs, if you're capable of the requirements of the job intellectually, it can have less impact. Fortunately, from that perspective, software has been less stressful, but the business side is always stressful because the sales side can go wrong. You may not have enough uh, sales, the engineering deliveries where the other teams are doing it, where you are not actually building the code, but the team is, it can have an impact. I have 
had stressful times and i read a lot of poetry late evenings of course within the teams i try and have as much nice humorous conversations stress busters you know taking a walk all those sort of things so that has kept me fairly sane if i may say at the same time in a position of decision making you also need to do a lot of things that can bring in a lot of stress and worry uh, because you can actually be terminating somebody's job you can be screaming at somebody all of that so it takes a lot of effort and a lot of discussions with other people to keep that mental health in balance and then consciously not make it an emotional journey rather wherever possible keep that business only and not make it very personal uh, of course there is always that argument is that everything is personal to somebody but uh, we will consciously make business decisions rather than individual based decisions and also help the individuals understand why we are making decisions that reduces our own personal stress because it's a big responsibility yeah so it's a mixed answer you know it has some impact on the mental health uh, always but i have figured out a decent number of ways to manage it yep now flipping that question around do you think you have an impact on the mental health of other employees absolutely absolutely right so let me talk about the positives first you know uh, i spend a lot of time helping coaching people uh, who are less experienced than me in many ways to actually for them to understand what their roles are what are the set of traits required to do that job well and then ask them to question whether they have those capabilities whether they are fit for the job and advise sometimes to change their roles if they don't fit into a job so that has a very positive impact because people like that you know people like a senior person telling them that you know this is what you can do to improve right that has a very positive impact on the mental health of people of course as i said earlier fortunately i have a good sense of humor that keeps a lot of times keeps people uh, motivated humor always helps because in a very stressful situation humor always helps uh, of course having a personable conversation you know knowing people their lives a bit being able to understand from their perspective always helps so then people see the conversation with you as their boss or manager less stressful because your understanding you know somebody's mother is not well somebody's wife is not well husband is not well then you've got to keep that in perspective when you check on their status of the job they are doing and also check if we need to you know bring in some contingency all of that so that's one aspect you know personable humor coaching the next one is you know appeal to the higher self of an individual you know what how to drive them to motivate them that actually keeps the health you know if you are motivated people get less stressed when they're doing their job and also if you are not micromanaging them and give them enough space 
to take where it makes sense for them to take independent decision i don't get involved and and that gives them the space and also I, i'm sure it relieves them of some stress and gives them the positivity on the negative side you know when you are in a powerful position when you are in a decision making position there is always an impact on somebody's mental health but that's part of the job we got to accept it and do it in the least uh, uh, we reduce the stress like if i can say because you know when somebody is not fit for the job but has claimed big things and has taken up a responsible position and when projects don't go well then you got to communicate to them and uh, you know it will have an impact on them too and people don't always do that intentionally but they also misjudge themselves they overstate people a lot of times have uh, you know higher claims than what they can do so that causes a lot of mental health issues but you know we need to spend time talking to them explaining to them all of that and uh, sometimes we will have to raise our voice uh, to demonstrate the urgency of the matter because good language alone will not help to communicate because sometimes people don't get it sometimes people don't understand that what you are saying means the project is not going well something is not going well and they got to change some things if your tone doesn't reflect it that also i'm sure has an impact on mental health of people but such is life in a stressful business environment there's no option to it also being friendly in the workplace sometimes especially you are in an authoritative position or leadership position people can uh, misinterpret and when when things don't go well and you become stern and you know uh, you got to show that they got to fix things then people get stressed so we have some mechanisms where they can go counsel when they can come back and talk to different individuals we also have informal mechanisms where more seniors check on others in an informal way to make sure everybody is okay how stressed they are how the messaging has been all of that that has to be taken care of all in all we try very hard to make sure the impact on everybody's mental health is as positive as it can be within the reality of a business so putting those two questions together what according to you is the key to creating a happy work environment for everyone yeah i guess this is one of those questions <laughs> that's asked you know a zillion times and uh, people have tried to answer and we it's a continuous learning process for anybody that is in a senior position in a business because it's a continuous challenge to create a happy work environment i think one of the first and most important aspects is whether the leaders themselves are happy whether they are enjoying the work because somebody by living can be an example for others you know so that we strive very hard to make sure we are continuously demonstrating with authenticity to show that we are happy and we are enjoying the work and engineering or whatever we do is what 
is extremely important and that can be contagious and that then others follow that is a one of the key aspects to be happy and enjoy your work the second is as i said bring in as much humor especially if you're going to have a very stressful conversation to be very open up front have a bit of humor set up the tone but then explicitly state that this is going to be a very difficult conversation this is not going to be a pleasant conversation so let us be open honest sincere and have this and here are the reasons why we will need to have this conversation here is the business reason we need to have this conversation and it is not necessarily personal side finding fault that kind of culture once you set up i think it becomes easy and we have done as much as we can to demonstrate that and that keeps the environment fairly happy in a way even when there are stressful situations of course there are other aspects of team building bonding you know one family mindset uh, we do a lot of gamifications we have houses like a you know school we have houses in the company where people play for their house against the other house in different games we call it uh, quad wave league q league and uh, there are prizes and those sort of fun activities that bring people together that uh, have a bit of fun time and brings that we are all one mindset uh, makes it easy for people to work with each other actually the language used also we constantly use the language quad wave family so that helps to make it a little happy environment because you know it's a it's a family you are getting into also it is continuously trying to motivate people for a higher purpose to say we are here to deliver uh, business solutions we are here to help our customers do better things in their businesses in turn we get benefited that is the crux of engineering so with that higher purpose stated people feel more energized and more affinity to the organization so these are some of the aspects i'm sure there are plenty of other things but these are some things we have tried i have tried personally and i can confidently say been fairly successful in it sounds great so now looking at the question of mental health more broadly how do you think technology in general has had an impact on the mental health of people it is a very interesting and at the same time a very very broad question i feel uh, because the answers are many i will try and keep that as brief as possible because otherwise this can go on right one is i think the technology availability uh, has uh, democratized certain aspects of life as in knowledge for example the harvard lectures are available to everyone in the world now a lot of them are available which is you know was very very niche and you know very few top end intellectuals had access to all these professors and these top end lectures now they are available to everybody on the on youtube right there are plenty of similar material uh, that's available on uh, coursera and other areas uh, and websites and everywhere videos 
audios, textbooks, everything available, that has dramatically democratized the high-end knowledge areas to everybody. I think that's one of the most positive impacts. Of course, you know, such things only 10, 15, 20% of the people are interested in the top end of the knowledge scale, but they are now benefited to have, you know, to go any length to get that information. Then the information spread, the news spread is way quicker. So it is very easy for people to know what's going around them. And that has a positive impact because you are not waiting for one week to understand that something happened in some remote corner of the world, but it's instantaneous, especially if it's going to have an impact on the individual. At the same time, communication among people, especially across geographies, of course, even within the same geographies, has had dramatic impact. From my experience of when I went to the U.S., the first time, 1994, I had to pay, I think, one to one and a half dollars per minute for a phone call. That was a landline phone call. Costed uh, enormous amount of money for me to be in touch with my family. You know, being in a foreign land, it was extremely important for me to be in touch with my family to make sure they are okay and I am not homesick. And that costed me anywhere from 100 to 150 dollars just to make phone calls every month and that was a big number in my salary but today you know you can have video calls free anywhere in the world and that also keeps people very close to one another this is some of the i mean there are plenty of positive impacts you know people have technology at home they can do many things internet is available to everybody computers are available TV now is a smart TV. You can do most of the things on the TV. The plenty of other technical areas I'm not even going to touch. I'm mainly focused on software area, but a long list of technologies available for people. I'm not even talking about other areas. I'm just focusing on mental health in terms of technology. Negative, again, too much online time versus normal life. Again, depending on the individuals, a uh, lot of people, uh, it's the same human behavior. You know, a lot of people have weakness. People would have weakness in alcohol, weakness in gambling, weakness in something else, TV time. Now they have, people can have too much online time and that can have an impact on their normal life. Social media with all this crazy news about various aspects of politics and other areas can drive you mad. And there are people that actually let that affect their mental health. Students and even others, even at workplace, I see people watching movies here and there. The other aspect is crime. Plenty of crime online and especially the ones that are vulnerable are being cheated left, right, and center. So these are some of the negative aspects. So we got to work more on positive aspects and uh, see how we can improve that. So as you mentioned, there are both positives and negatives. And of late, we've been talking a lot about responsible innovation. So what are your thoughts on that? Very interesting question. 
necessity is the mother of invention is the original statement innovation is uh, is just human mind human brains finding a new solution or a new way of doing something for anything you know it could be a problem or it may not even be a problem something that doesn't exist so you found something else innovation per se i don't attach negativity or positivity to it so the adjective responsible may not be directly attached to innovation you know people need to keep inventing innovating things it is the the responsibility comes in the usage of the innovation you found nuclear energy people destroyed cities in japan you found nuclear energy now there's plenty of electricity for everybody to go around and use right chemicals have produced fantastic plastic and you know transform the world in various aspects with positive impact at the same time you know chemicals have been used for destruction same with biological you know you could you could produce vaccine you could produce uh, medicines you could produce new limbs to produce more food at the same time biological warfare there is also a speculation that currently it's a biological war in a way what we are facing so both aspects come from how it is being used and who uses rather than who innovated it the person innovating in most of the cases does not always have the negative intent Uh, they are more doing it for positive so probably government has to intervene uh, in as many places and put up policies also ways to control and secure the aspects of how you use an innovation so like most other fields this field is constantly developing and there are always youth who are waiting to enter this field so do you have a message for youth who aspire to enter this field um certainly it is a difficult question to answer because to call out one or two or three things as messages is always very difficult the youth have to figure out if if they actually are interested in software industry technology industry do they fit into the engineering aspect what are the areas how do they fit in of course it has many other aspects you know there is marketing aspect of technology there is sales aspect of technology uh, and you know many different fields use technology so they need to figure out what drives them what is that area that where they can contribute intellectually um, more and more and actually make their own lives richer from that perspective i think what drives an individual especially these days uh, is more comforts at an individual level so they have to drive to say i've got to do something to contribute to accomplish to feel good and at the same time learning is one of the happiest states of mind and i'm sure you understand that more than anybody else uh, you know reading psychology 
right? And that's what keeps the brain growing and that's what brings happiness. So people have to figure out which area, whether technology is the one that drives them or puts them off. And within technology, which aspects of this drives them and choose that. That is one message, you know, choose if you think this drives your area. Of course, the second message is also within this area, can you bring more value in helping others? It's a more generic aspect of things, but contribute in a way that can help the society, help others, those you know, that good noble aspect also people need to keep in mind. And uh, that would be my message to say, choose what drives you and whether only if you like this area, don't choose it uh, just for the money, but choose it, whether you can actually contribute and be a good technologist. That would be the summary. Yep, that's a lovely way to conclude today's interview. Thank you so much for being here with us, Mr. Srinath. Thank you so much, Inchara. Thanks for this time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Wits in the Walks of Life, a part of the Synapse. Today's guest was Mr. Srinatha Narayana, who is a director and COO at Quadwave. Be sure to check out quadwave.com for more details. Stay tuned to hear stories from accomplished individuals in a variety of fields. Thank you for listening.